Thank you for listening to the New Life Church podcast. If you need any information about our church or if you'd like to give online, please visit us at newlifekingman.com. You see that? Selling out for God. Now, if I heard somebody get up to preach and say, I'm going to preach a message called Selling Out for God. You know, truthfully, my defenses might just begin to go up. Uh, because I would, I would, you know, I have been in church for a number of years, and I probably would think with a title like that that I'm about to get nailed for not doing enough for God or, or being committed, committed enough or something like that. <clears throat> now, I think all of us could probably do more for God, don't you? Amen. I think all of us could probably do more for God, don't you? But that's not really what I'm going for in this message. It's, uh, it, and what I'm going to share tonight, I'm going to share some of my testimony and, and, and stuff from my life. But let's look together at this portion of Scripture, the, the parable that Jesus told in Matthew chapter 13, verse 44. Jesus said again, <clears throat> The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field which a man found and hid, <clears throat> and for the joy over it, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. <clears throat> now, <clears throat> before I get into the heart of this message, I want to point out something that Jesus is not saying through this parable. <clears throat> he wasn't saying that we can buy our way into the kingdom of God. <clears throat> that isn't his purpose in this parable. No amount of money <clears throat> that you and I could pay, no amount of <clears throat> good deeds that we do could make us worthy of heaven, making heaven our home. <clears throat> we were morally bankrupt, <clears throat> weren't we? We had to have a Savior. We could not even begin to make up for the sin in our lives. 1 Peter chapter 1, 18 and 19 says, For you know, say, I know this, <clears throat> that it was not with perishable things such as silver and gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your forefathers, <clears throat> but with the precious blood of Christ as a lamb without blemish or defect. In Titus chapter 3, verse 3 and 4, it says, But when the kindness and the love of God our Savior toward man appeared, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us through the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit. Now, <clears throat> we could not buy our way into a life with God. We could never be good enough <clears throat> to qualify us to be saved. Can everybody say, I believe that? <clears throat> Ephesians chapter 2 
And verse 8 and 9 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, that not of yourself, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. It's God's grace by faith that we get saved. It was a free gift that we had to simply receive. Isn't that right? So the point of the parable isn't that it's what it will cost us to be part of the kingdom of God. Uh, but this can be a real sticking point for some people. It was for me before I got saved. I could not see myself living for God before I got saved. And the reason is I thought uh, that about the stuff I would have to give up if I got saved. I didn't have a lot of stuff. I was a teenager, but I was into some stuff. <laughs> and I, I, I like drinking. I like smoking pot. I like other things. And I thought, well, if I, I can't see myself living that kind of a life. But after I got saved, I discovered a treasure. And you know what happened in my life? I That stuff that I couldn't see myself not partaking of didn't mean the same after. And that's a mistake a lot of people make before they get saved. They, they think of themselves, well, I could, I could never live that kind of a life. I, you know, and granted, I've been, I've been a Christian for a good while, but God's still working on me. But you know, after, after, after I got saved, nobody told me I needed to quit drinking, I needed to quit smoking pot and all this other stuff. Uh, it started to fall off of me because I didn't want it anymore. <clears throat> I didn't need it anymore. <clears throat> and I'm telling you, it was a real revelation to me. Seriously. I, 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 it was a, a revelation that I didn't have to get drunk or get high to enjoy life. <clears throat> and it saved some money. And a lot of paranoia when a policeman pulled behind me. So Jesus' point in telling the parable of the treasure in the field isn't about what we give, but it's about what we get. It's not like he's saying, you know, you can have this great treasure, but ooh, ooh, it's going to cost you. Now listen to me, because I know some of you think, well, it, you know, and so just listen. So I'm listening. The man in the parable didn't agonize over what he was going to have to pay for that field with the treasure. It wasn't like he was going, oh, man, I, I really want the field, and I really want the treasure in the field, but I don't know if it's worth the price. He why wouldn't that look at this scripture again in Matthew 13, verse 34, 44. Again, 
The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field which a man found and hid, and for joy over it, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. He wouldn't agonize, oh, man, I wonder if it's worth it. It says for the joy of it. For the joy of it, he sells everything that he has and he buys that field. It wasn't like he was lamenting afterwards, oh man, I had to give up everything. He was excited because he found the treasure. And right after I gave my life to Christ, this is what I began to realize. I thought, man, this is too good. One of the great revelations that came to me after I got saved was that everybody else didn't immediately get saved. And I don't mean because I got saved, everybody go, ooh, man, I got, but because it was so real what Jesus did in my life, I could not fathom that people wouldn't want what I had received in Christ. Because why? Because it was a treasure. It was a treasure. Come on. You got, you don't, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah, I don't know about you. No, 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 no. I used to think the way you think, but you don't know. It's treasure. He is a treasure. And it literally almost blew me up the understanding of the treasure. A couple of nights, several nights after I got saved, I'm in a little dumpy trailer that I'd rented in Flagstaff, a little travel trailer. I'd got, just come back from a Bible study at Ron Simpkins' house. Had, had great fellowship. I'd been saved for only three days. And I come and I lay down in a little bed and I begin looking up at the ceiling and before I got saved, I used to, at times I would, I would cry at, at, by myself, lift my hands up with tears streaming down my eyes because I was so messed up, so lost. That night, I'm thinking about all that God had done in just two, three days. And I be, at this time, I began to cry. But they were tears of joy. I'm... I'm I'm saying, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. And then I started to laugh. And I'm laughing. I'm crying. I'm crying. I'm laughing. I get kind of hysterical. If anybody had been there, they would have thought, this guy is totally losing it. And they would be right. I, I was. I was totally losing it. And it felt like helium on the inside of me. And I'm getting fuller and fuller and fuller. And finally, I cry out and I'm laughing and crying and, and hysterical. And I cry out and say, God, if you don't stop this, I'm going to blow up all over this stupid, ugly trailer. <laughs> and what it was, it was relief. It was happiness. It was hope. It was life. It was joy. It was treasure. See, almost all the joy that I'd had the previous several years before I got saved was artificial, chemical. But this was so much better than a Rocky Mountain High. It was a Holy Ghost-inspired heaven-meets-earth high. 
And so the point of the parable of the treasure in the field is that life with God is a treasure. But see, it's also hidden to a lot of people. And it's not hidden to people because God uh, wants it hidden. It's because too many people are like I was before I got saved, and it's hard for them to imagine that living for God could actually be good, enjoyable, or joyful, or a treasure. I mean, it's so far from a lot of people's minds, <coughs> excuse me, <clears throat> that life with God <coughs> is a treasure. But when we get saved, <coughs> excuse me, we find out, don't we? Amen. We begin to experience treasure. Amen. Treasure. Say treasure. Amen. The phrase selling out for God can make us kind of uneasy. We might ask ourselves, well, am I really sold out for God? Or we might wonder, if I totally sell out for God, what is he going to make me do or what is he going to make me give up? Am I going to have to live in a mud hut in Africa? Uh, will I have to uh, swear off Starbucks for life? Uh, <clears throat> will I ever have fun again? Now listen to me. If we're afraid of what we're going to lose, we miss the whole point. We, I, I'm going to say it one more time. If we're afraid of what we're going to lose, we miss the whole point. If we really live for God, if we are committed to Him or sold out, listen, we don't lose, we gain. And that is the biggest takeaway from this parable of the treasure in the field. Life with God is a treasure. 2 Corinthians 4, 6 and 7 says, For it is the God, listen, this is so good. It is the God who commanded light to shine out of darkness who has shone in our hearts. Say, my heart. To give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. Before we got saved, we were in darkness. That's why we couldn't see how good God was or life with God was. But that God who spoke into darkness and commanded darkness to leave and a light to be shone in our hearts, shined in our hearts, and we begin to see, you know what? Wow, I have been blind for all this time, but now I know. I, I couldn't see that life with God could actually be good, but God has shown in my heart, shined in my heart, and now I know. It, the life with God isn't boring. It isn't a, uh, it isn't, it, it isn't a drudgery. It isn't uh, just an ongoing, oh, man. Live for God. Me and Jesus, 10-pound Bible. I got to pause for a moment here. 
I uh, went back, uh, and Cindy and I were visiting my family in, in Florida uh, just several weeks ago. And my mom, we're, we're kind of sorting out some of her stuff. She's still living, but we're still getting some, <laughs> some of her stuff. So anyway, uh, there was a big old family Bible dated from the late 1800s that I got. And I mean, it's, it's, it's like, you know, huge. And so I didn't want to take it back on the flight because I didn't want it to get messed up and all. So uh, my sister took me to a UPS store. And so I go walking, <laughs> I go walking into this UPS store with this big old Bible, you know, and I put it down on the counter. And the guy asked me, he said, can I help you? And I said, I'm here to tell you about the Lord. <laughs> it's too good of a chance to, to miss. Yeah. He, he looked at me and laughed. I said, no, I need to ship this safely, you know. <laughs> but see, a lot of people, that's what their, their concept of living for God, the Christian life, is just uh, uh, everything that we have to give up and not have any more fun and never do anything that would be interesting. I'm telling you tonight, you and I, life with God is a treasure. And I know this sounds kind of hokey, but after I got saved, the sky really did seem bluer. And the grass really did look greener. Well, that's not completely accurate because it was in Flagstaff during the wintertime. So the, the sky really did, and I can see it in my mind's eye, really was brilliant blue. And the snow was so white. I remember walking through the campus at NAU. I was a student walking through campus one morning early. It's about 8 o'clock in the morning. And in February, I heard birds singing. Wasn't my imagination. They were actually, and I thought to myself, ah, oh, man, the birds never sounded so good. You know why? My senses had come alive. Beyond that, I was alive. You see, tonight, God doesn't rip us off when we live our lives for him. He gives us everything. Amen. One time, Peter was talking to Jesus. Jesus was talking about uh, 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 giving up your life for the Lord, right? And so Peter says, Lord, we've left all and, and have followed you. And so what did Jesus do? He didn't put his arm around Peter and then just say, you know, Peter, I know. I, I know it's been, it's, it's so hard. And, and you've sacrificed so much. You know what Jesus said to him? Mark 10, verse 29 and 30. I tell you the truth, Jesus replied, no one, say no one, who has left home or brothers or sister or mother or father or children or fields for me and the gospel will fail to receive a hundred times as much. Somebody say a hundred times as much. In this present age, homes, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, fields, and with them persecutions, and in the age to come, eternal life. What he's saying is we don't lose, we gain. Now, I do want you to hear me tonight because I'm not saying that we give our lives to Christ and we'll never have another problem again. Uh, Jesus said that you'll get 
some persecutions. Everybody's not going to understand our relationship with God or why we uh, do it. How many of you figured that out? Some people think we're weird. <laughs> it's true. And so there's some persecution that goes along because they don't get it. They, their eyes are blinded. When they get saved, then they, the God shines in their heart. Their eyes are opened up. They begin to see. But before we get saved, we, we don't know. And so there's some persecution. Jesus said, in the world, you're going to have some tribulation. But be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. It's not the, the, the Christian life. I'm not trying to present a picture that everything is just rosy. You'll never have another problem. Nobody will ever uh, uh, say anything bad to you. Uh, you'll never get a Hawaiian salute from anybody driving on Stockton Hill Road or any of that kind of stuff that you'll never have anything uh, opposing or difficulty or trouble, but he says, uh, I've overcome the world, you overcome the world. And so we don't lose, listen, we don't lose, we gain. And we'll never sell out until we get this. Selling out doesn't mean living in a, a mud hut in Africa. Now, somebody... It may be for them. But if, if God calls us to live in a mud hut of, in Africa, I believe we can enjoy it. Doesn't mean necessarily swearing off Starbucks for life. Somebody said, thank you. And it surely doesn't mean never having fun ever again. Selling out simply means, means giving our whole heart to him. Amen. Jesus said the, the greatest commandment, he says this in Mark 12, verse 30, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. This is the first commandment. Jesus has given the picture of a sold-out heart. There's an old song we used to sing, and it was, uh, I'm not going to sing it, uh, but I'll tell you, there's none like you. No one else can touch my heart like you do. I could search for all eternity, Lord, and find there's none like you. Amen. See, that song every once in a while comes up in my devotion times or when I'm thinking about it. There have been key times in my life that song come up. Every, anybody who knows me knows I love my wife, Cindy. Anybody who knows me knows that I love my kids. I love my grandkids. I love my extended family. I love my church family. But can I tell you something tonight? No one else can touch my heart like Jesus does. Amen. Selling out for God means a heart sold out for Jesus. And we'll never be able to do this until we see we don't lose we gain. Now, let me pause for a moment here because I'm not trying to tell you that I live my life, uh, my, uh, I'm 100% sold out for God 24-7. Is that right? 24-7? Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. All the time. I don't think anybody besides Jesus was 
that sold out. In this, and he was, he was perfect, wasn't he? I have better days than others sometimes. How about you? But what I am saying is we can make choices and decisions through our life, <clears throat> and it's something we decide again and again, and that is, God, I'm giving you my whole heart. I'm giving you my whole heart. If we spend a lot of time thinking about what we lose or what we lost to live for God, can I tell you something? We're going to backslide. You know why? Because we take our eyes off the prize or the treasure and got it on something else. We don't lose when we get saved. We win. You know, when I got saved, even monetarily, everything that I owned fit in my 1964 VW Bug. I had some clothes. I had a broken TV that didn't work, and I never could get to work. Some guy had given me. I had a pretty good backpack and a good stereo. Everything I owned fit in that little VW Bug, and the Bug was crummy. Seized engines and... And you know what I was thinking as I was preparing this message? I've got a shed in my backyard that has probably six to seven times more than I had in that VW Bug when I got saved. In a shed that I never even want to look at. Junk. <laughs> And so, you know, God does help us, doesn't he? God does bless us. And there, life sometimes is an ebb and flow. And if you're going through financial difficulty tonight, I'm not saying that it's anything except that sometimes that's the way I have had in my life. It's been an ebb and flow at times. But you know what? Uh, there's a, a, the blessing of God that we can count on in our lives. My point tonight is real simple. We don't lose serving God. We win. You know, we win so much, we'll almost get tired of winning. I know, I'm getting too close to being political. Anyway, we have to get this. Life with God is a winner. Paul understood this in Philippians chapter 3, 7, and 8. He said, but what things were gained to me, uh, those I counted lost for Christ. Yea, doubtless, I count all things but lost for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ. He's comparing his new life with his old life, and he says, I count it dung. In the original Greek, that word means dung. He's saying, all I had in my former life compared to what I have now is a big steaming pile of manure because he says, what I've done is I have lost much stuff, but I've won Christ. God help us to realize that our life with God is a treasure. Amen. 
And I want to close real quickly by talking about the treasure we have. And I could talk for hours on this, and you guys are really good, but you'd probably not want to stay until 2 or 3 in the morning listening, so I'm going to make it real quick and give you talk about the treasure we got. Genesis chapter 15, verse 1. God spoke to Abram, whose name was later changed to Abraham in a vision. God said, do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield and your exceeding great reward. In the New Testament, it says that we are heirs according to the promise to Abraham. That's in Galatians. And what that means is that promise that you see on the screen is our promise. God has promised to be our shield and our exceeding great reward. God is our exceeding great reward. He's our treasure tonight. And listen, this isn't just religious talk. It means something. It means something big. It means that we have Jesus in us all the time. In Colossians chapter 1, verse 27, it says, To them God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. You see, we got well, somebody say, I'm rich. I have a treasure. Oh, it's Jesus in us, with us. For us, it's a treasure. Before we got saved, we had a lot of other things inside us. Not good things. But now we have Christ in us. The treasure. Treasure. And because he's in us, he's going to provide everything we need for this life. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 3 says his divine power has given us Everything we need. Say, everything I need. For life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. What this means is that Jesus helping us in this life has got us covered. Say, I'm covered. He's going to help us. He will help us. He has promised to help us. Christ in us. And his divine power has given us everything we need for life and godly. That means what we need to live this life and also to be able to live for him in this life. That's treasure. And finally, one last verse. All this in heaven too. 1 Peter 1 verse 4 says, and we have a priceless inheritance, an inheritance that is kept in heaven for you, pure and undefiled beyond the reach of change and decay. Uh, you, you get that tonight? I always have liked the idea of inheritance. I, I do. I go to the mailbox every day and open it up in hope of something good. I do. I'm, I'm kind of weird that way. <clears throat> Some of you are like me. I go, I, don't, I know I got bills sometimes, and they come, but my hope is that I'm going to have a, a letter from an attorney that tells me about this long-lost relative that found out who I was before they passed, and I got an inheritance. Woo! Now, whether that happens ever in this life, 
The Bible tells us all of us have an inheritance. We, this life is just a vapor, a puff of smoke, and, and we're gone. Some days feel like a pretty long drag of smoke, don't they? But this life is just a vapor. It's going to pass, and then we're going to spend all of eternity in a place uh, that can't be corrupted. We'll never be corrupted where we have uh, Jesus all the time we can look at him. There's no darkness there. He lights it up. He doesn't have to do anything. To light. He just has to be there. He does. He lights it up with who he is. This life isn't all there is. And, and in spite of the persecution, in spite of the difficulties, in spite of the trouble, the heartache that sometimes we have in this life, this life is far from all there is. That's right. And you know what? That treasure that was illuminated when Jesus came into our life, we're going to reap for all eternity. I want you to tell yourself, I have an inheritance. Tell yourself, I have a treasure. And now thank Jesus for it. Would you give, give the Lord a big hand? Thank you, Jesus. Let's bow our heads real quick and close our eyes. I want to know, and all across this building, no one looking around just for a moment, if you have never received the treasure, if you've never asked Jesus to come into your life, or maybe there was a time where you did and you got your eyes off the prize or off the treasure and you went back into the old kind of stuff and tonight you say, you know what? I, I, I know that Jesus is real. I believe that he can do something for me. And tonight he can, he will, if we just ask. Nobody looking around for a moment. If you've never given your life to Christ or you've been away from him, you say, tonight, I want his forgiveness. Would you just lift your hand up and say, would you just acknowledge your need with that hand lifted up? You want Jesus in your heart. You want to ask him to come into your life, save you, change you. God bless you. Amen. Honest heart. Praise God. Anybody else? Real quick. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Isn't God good? I want us all to pray this prayer. Let's stand, and we're going to pray together. <clears throat> Will you just repeat this prayer with me? Lord Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for my sin. Thank you for paying the price that I should have paid, but I don't have to because you did. I ask for your forgiveness. I receive you into my heart. Thank you for forgiving me for all of my sin. Thank you for shining in my heart and giving me an understanding of the treasure of life with you. In your name, Jesus. Shout his name out. Jesus. Now say amen. Now I give the Lord another big clap offering. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus.
I pray tonight that we, as we get, the prayer team will be up here in the front to pray for you if you'd like uh, uh, personal prayer. But I pray that everybody, everybody that goes tonight goes with an understanding. You got a treasure, treasure, treasure. Keep your eyes on the prize. Say, eye on the prize. That prize is Jesus. God bless you. Thank you for listening to the New Life Kingman podcast. We can't wait to see you next week.